Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 101 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. As always, I'm your host. Looking forward to jumping into the show today. I don't, don't really have a super long show. There's not a whole lot going on that I wanted to talk about, but I have a good interview with Colorado XO Director of Recruiting, Peter Pass, coming up here in the middle of the episode, so make sure you stick around for that. Before we jump into that, though, let's kick the show off with the breakdown I want to talk about a couple of things in the breakdown, like I said, not too much. But the first thing I want to talk about is that Major League Rugby has announced their schedule for the MLR Championship Shield uh, Quest for the or Championship Series, excuse me, Quest for the Shield. And I'll go ahead and read you these dates and what this is looking like. So the first match will be the Eastern Conference Final. That will be next Saturday, July 24th at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. The venue is to be determined, but I would imagine that that one's going to get to end up playing at Life University, which is where Rugby ATL plays their home matches. That will be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, And then the Western Conference Final will take place on Sunday, July 25th. That will be at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That will be at the LA Memorial Coliseum. That one will also be on CBS Sports Network. Uh, Rugby ATL is still trying to figure out who they're going to play. So that fourth and final playoff spot will be decided in this weekend's match between Rugby United New York and NOLA Gold. Uh, After a tough loss to Seattle last week, NOLA has to pick up a bonus point victory, and they need to beat Rooney by like 20 points, I think, and they need to hold Rooney to to as little points as they can because I think it's going to come down to the point differential tiebreaker in the table standings, and NOLA is behind them, uh, behind Rooney right now. So it's going to be a big match this weekend you got to think Noel's going to come out swinging for the fences and trying to sneak into the playoffs. They're one of the teams that have been you know, around since the beginning of Major League Rugby but just haven't made it to the playoffs yet. And they've had these opportunities before. Going back to 2019, I think they were in first place with a month to go, and they lost their last four games and missed out on the playoffs entirely. So it seems like when they get themselves into these opportunities, they had a huge chance last weekend with – you know, beaten L.A. on the road, and then Rooney had a slip-up and lost to New England Free Jacks. So they had they had everything going for them, and then they just went out and put up a stinker against the Seattle Seawolves last week, uh, and they find themselves on the outside looking in now. So it'll be a good one to watch. We'll talk a little bit more about all the rugby that you can watch this weekend in the next segment, which just so happens to be all the rugby that you can watch this weekend. 
So we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the other thing I want to talk about in the breakdown, just the USA men's and women's sevens team have officially made it to Japan. So by the time you're listening to this, we'll be, I think, 10 days away from rugby at the Olympics. So I'm ready to rip, ready to watch it. Should be a lot of fun. Now we'll go ahead and talk about all the rugby that you could watch this weekend. So still got some international stuff. USA wrapped up their international, you know, summer tour last Saturday with a just a beat down by Ireland. Uh, I really liked it. I didn't have a problem with I saw a lot of people online did. I didn't really have a problem with them being super aggressive early on. You're not going to beat Ireland by kicking, you know, penalty goals. So I, I admired the aggressiveness. I admired their willingness to go for tries early on. Didn't end up working out, and they ran out of gas, and they got, you know, put up, got, were on the wrong side of an embarrassing score line. So that's never good to see. But hopefully they learned some stuff from it. They got to see a lot of new guys get out there and play. Uh, and they really just weren't at full strength either is something to keep in mind. So we'll be interesting to see how they look come fall time because, like, I talked to Joe Harvey about a couple weeks ago. You know, these summer tours, are they they matter. It's a good measuring stick, but we have to keep in mind that they practiced for, with each other for a week before they played England. You know, add on a couple more days after the England match before they played Ireland. So those those matches aren't really what matters. What matters is when they get into the fall and they play these these qualifier matches, these, these Canada games and, and all that good stuff. So that's going to be what's important. So hopefully they're, you know, ripped up, ready to roll when that comes around. And we'll see how it goes. So, like I said, a lot of international stuff this weekend. And to get things started, the first match of the weekend uh, will take place between Samoa and Tonga on Friday at 10 p.m. Mountain Time. You can catch that on Flow Rugby. And the second match, we have Fiji versus New Zealand All Blacks on Saturday at 1 a.m. That one's also on Flow Rugby. We have France versus Australia on Saturday at 4 a.m. That one is also on Flow Rugby. We have Golden Lions versus Toyota Cheetahs on Saturday at 6.45 a.m. That one is also on Flow Rugby. We have Georgia versus Scotland on Saturday at 7 a.m. Mountain Time. It was on Mountain Time, by the way. That one also is on Flow Rugby. Moving into the MLR round 18 fixtures we got for you. This first one's going to be kind of weird because I'm going to tell it to you, but it doesn't really matter because by the time you'll hear this, this match will be over and you'll already know the result. So we have a, we have a Thursday night rugby match at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. I think that's right. It might be 6 p.m. Mountain Time. Let me go make sure. Well, it doesn't matter because you're, you're going to – you know, you're going to know the results, so I can just tell you whatever time I want because you're going to already know. So Thursday, we got uh, on the Rugby Network, we have the Houston Sabercats at the Seattle Seawolves. So these are both teams kind of towards the bottom of the table in the Western Conference standings. But, you know, that's okay. It'll be good to watch some, some rugby on Thursday night. Also during this match, Kat Roche will make history in this match as she will be the first female head referee in MLR's brief history. So big shout-out to her. Second match of the weekend, we have Nola Gold at Rugby United in New York. This is the one I was talking about at the top of the show. That's on Saturday at noon. Mountain time, that's on the Rugby Network. This is the biggest match of the weekend. This is for the fourth and final playoff spot. Second spot in the East, take on Rugby ATL, like I said at the top of the show. Nola has to win big, and they're going to have to keep Rooney under control while they win big, or else they're not going to make the playoffs. So it's, it's weird because there's no real... That, that, that I've seen, maybe there is. I'm, I'm not the best person at math either. Like, they're, it's very fluid, so they're just going to have to go out and beat them 50 to 3 or something. That, that'll be overkill. But if they do that, I think they're in. So that'll be a good one to watch. If you're going to watch one match this weekend, that's the one to watch. Third match of the weekend, we have Austin Gilgronies at Old Glory DC. Both these teams are out of the playoffs. It's on Saturday at 3 p.m. on the Rugby Network. 
Uh, we have an interesting Western Conference final preview on Saturday evening. We have the Los Angeles Giltinis at the Utah Warriors on Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time. That will be on CBS Sports Network. I'm going to Salt Lake City to check out this match, so check or look for me on TV so you can see me. Uh, but like I said, this is a Western Conference final preview. I'll be interesting to see what they do. Like I would assume that there's going to be some resting going on with some, some key guys, but I also... I'm interested to see, like, if they, you know, they probably, like, keep some tricks. Are they going to try to pick up on tendencies? Does that mean, you know, one team or both teams aren't going to, you know, show all their stuff? They're not going to try as hard. Maybe they're okay with losing this one since it really doesn't matter. But you want to kind of go into, you know, the Western Conference final on the right foot. Uh, so it should be fun to watch. Like I said, I'm going to be there. So it should be nice to watch some rugby in the summertime in, in Utah. Final match of the weekend, we have Rugby ATL at New England Free Jacks on Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, which is 3 p.m. Mountain Time. I just realized I put the wrong time. I'm having a tough time with times today. That's on Fox Sports 1. Uh, Rugby ATL, I think, needs to win just to make sure they lock up home field advantage. So I would assume there's a way. You know, I'm not looking at the standings right now, but it said venue to be determined. So I would imagine that this is still up in the air. So... And then, of course, you just want to win the match, go into the playoffs on the right foot. Uh, New England, I'm sure, is trying to play a little spoiler, just win one before they, you know, call it a season, and they have the capability to do it. So that'll round off MLR round 18. That'll put a cap on the regular season. And, of course, we'll talk more about that and the playoffs as we get into the show next weekend. That does it for all the rugby you could watch this weekend, I think. Like I said, it's kind of hard to track it down this weekend, and it's kind of getting quiet as it's summertime. Uh, once these internationals wrap up, MLR starts to wrap up, then we can transition into the Olympics will be cool. Uh, so we'll go ahead and jump into the interview portion of the show. Like I said, at the top of the show, we have a good interview with Colorado XO Director of Recruiting, Peter Pask. Talked all things XOs, you know, how they feel about this first season in the books, what's changed as to how they do things, you know, what they've learned, biggest surprises, what they're most proud of, and just kind of what they have planned for the fall, what we can expect to see moving forward and know really in the short term because it sounds like everything's just really fluid situation but sounds like they have some big plans and some big goals for the fall so stuff to be excited about for sure with that introduction we'll go ahead and jump into my conversation with colorado xo director of recruiting peter pask all right now welcome back onto the show colorado xo director of recruiting player operations uh walk the dog paint the fence do everything else peter pask peter how's it going man Really good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. It's obviously been, uh, I think last time I had you on, I looked, was October 30th of 2020. So, so much stuff has changed. It's seriously almost been a year now. There's been a whole season since then. Uh, this was kind of very much still a plan in the works, but now we have some hard proof. So, uh, I wanted to get into all that with you. So, Peter, I guess you played a 10-match uh, spring season, excuse me. You've had some guys go to the MLR, NFL. Uh, what's the overall feeling after season one? Yeah, I think um, we feel really positive, and I think we're getting a lot of good positive feedback from, like, the rugby community. And, like, um, <clears throat> you know, it is still an experiment. It's still really early. Mm -hmm. But, like, have had some early successes. And, like, you know, ultimately, um, I think the overall feeling around here is, like, we can even do more. And, yeah. um, you know, give us two or three more seasons. And, like, if we keep finding a good amount of these hidden gems and can somehow keep them here for a little while and, tour and do these fun things, then we could have a really unique group of guys that, you know, if we get them playing together, maybe for two or three years, they could be something pretty special. So, um, yeah, really fun right now. Well, 
what's kind of, I guess, what are you most proud of after season one? Did it kind of go as you expected it to go? I mean, as smoothly as it could with the COVID, you know, restrictions still being in place and just this was seriously came together kind of from nothing to you went full hundred miles per hour. So I guess the two questions in there, just what are you most proud of and uh, did it kind of go as you expected? Yeah, I think um, we're most proud definitely of like, you know, there was some really good individual player achievements and um, some real standouts. And I think that there's been good um, feedback from like the rugby community of, you know, what we're doing. And I think we're proud of that, that, you know, we're trying to teach basics at a really high level um, so that you can go play somewhere else and be like usable because basics basically matter everywhere. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously those things are the ones that are like, you know, really stood out as like what we're probably the most proud of for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess too, like, I guess on that same hand, is there some lessons that you learned? Like, was there things that you didn't kind of foresee coming or things that you did one way last year that you're kind of shifted as you move into the summer and into the fall? Yeah, I think definitely a couple lessons. Like, you know, we would have liked to have done better, like record wise, you know, playing wise. Um, we started out pretty well and like kind of surprised some people. And, um, you know, one of the hardest things for us and is going to continue to be one of the hardest things for us is like finding a schedule because we're not in the MLR right now. So, right. you know, as these guys keep getting better, like we have to find unique ways to play um, top level teams and we have to travel to do it. That's why we're planning to travel to South Africa this year. And we're, we're looking to make more relationships, more partnerships with USA Rugby and trying to play international matches home and away. So that's definitely schedules difficult. Um, yeah. But we were a little bit surprised too like we, we kept you know kind of worked out well where during COVID it was really hard to find matches but we kept like slowly progressing getting kind of better talent which worked I think in a pretty safe way for new players and um you know so that was good but it, yeah we, we definitely didn't win our last four games <laughs> and um you know th I think that was something that was really we realized that when you have 10 or so 12 new players on the field even though they're like pretty good individuals and like mm -hmm. we've seen that they're getting picked up into other teams like playing as a group of all new players is difficult. So we've definitely learned there that like we need to <clears throat> really even focus more on like bringing a few key, um, you know, um, experienced rugby players in here that still have shots of making the U.S. national team and stuff that can really, yeah. you know, benefit. And, you know, we've learned that backs that are crossovers are definitely harder. You know, it's definitely just a, where we have to focus. Um, you know, tall guys are difficult for, you know, everywhere. Um, so we know areas to focus on, um, you know, and some of the recruiting we had 30 guys, you know, <clears throat> we had a group of about 10 really excel. Mm -hmm. We had a group of another 10 that are, you know, good rugby players. And then we had, a, we had 10 that it just didn't quite work out for. And yeah. I think we're going to get better at the recruiting side of things too, just from things we learned with personalities and work rate and things off the field. And um, so, yeah, I think it'll, it'll work well into this fall with recruiting, you know, more, um, you know, specific and getting better at the recruiting. I think too, a couple of things you said that, you know, the, the schedule, I guess the results didn't quite go the way you wanted. What was it, a five and five record? But like they were in every match, right? Like every match was decided. I think the biggest loss was by ten. I think to early on in the season to that one of those LA teams. Uh, so I think that's something to be proud of. And then, like you just said at the end there, to have thirty-three, whatever, a third of your guys, you know, break down like that. It just kind of seems if you do that over a three-year period, then you have yeah. 30 guys that have really excelled and are, you know, into the player pool now and into rugby and, you know, didn't word of mouth kind of takes over, I guess, from that sense. And I guess that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask. So you've obviously 
headed up all the recruiting on this for the past over well over a year now. Uh, what what so what are the kind of the changes you've made? So last time we talked to you, we were talking about just really hitting them hard on social media. But now that we've had players in here, you've had guys play in big college football programs. You guys, you've had guys play in the NFL. They have friends, I'm sure. Is that kind of word of mouth kind of taken over through that, or how has recruiting kind of changed for you? No, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I would say we're doing a little bit less. We still do it of the kind of random social media stuff because it just is such a low hit rate, but it's still worth it. Like, so yeah. we still spread our reach far that way. But where we get the most success is like definitely our players now, um, you know, treating them really well here and like having a player first kind of culture, which, which I think we do. Mm -hmm. um, and ultimately they refer to their friends and like they're all, they're training with guys off season that are in the NFL. Like, um, so more and more of the guys we're getting now are definitely through word of the mouth from our players, which is amazing because you mm -hmm. wouldn't think that that would be a normal <laughs> yeah. football culture. And it's right. maybe them picking up a little bit of rugby culture. <clears throat> and then from there, we're getting better at like camps and combines and things like that. And we really pick up a lot of players from that. Like the spring league has been amazing for us. Yeah. And, you know, these hub camps and, um, NCS, ANC combines, like, you know, those are areas where these are players that are out of college that are not necessarily getting paid yet. And they're working their butt off and right. like, they're ripe for an opportunity. So like, they're kind of just perfect for us if they don't end up getting like a, a football contract. Yeah. I mean, you talked about a couple of camps and stuff, and combines and all that good stuff and, and workouts. So what has what has the season looked like? I guess the off season looked like for you. I think everything wrapped up around end of May, middle of May, and then there was this USA Rugby combine where all the guys got to work out and s see what their numbers look like after you know realistically a season of rugby. So what have what has the off season looked like from an EXO perspective? What have you kind of been doing? Yeah, I mean. So the coaches are kind of, you know, resting a little bit, like, yeah. you know, right after a <laughs> long was, season. That was a long, that was a long yeah. few months. That was yeah. like and it's, long, it's more intense May. for the coaches in season. It's a little bit more intense for me out of season, like getting ready. Yeah, you know, so Mark and I are doing, you know, a good amount of the planning and all the other guys are helping with, like, you know, helping plan the tour and like, you know, you know, kit, all these other things, getting ready for the fall. Mm -hmm. But, you know, ultimately we kind of got right out of the gate. We started working with some of the MLR teams that were showing interest in players that they had seen, you know, either if it was in Atlanta, if it was in mm -hmm. Houston when we went down there, if it was in L.A. So that was kind of our idea with um, the spring schedule was to play MLR Academy teams so that their coaches would see these players yeah. and um, see if there was any interest. And so that was kind of like the real first step was like getting into talks and helping our players just a little bit like figure out like what areas might be good for them, making sure that, you know, they're going to maybe try to be able to see the field and they weren't, you know, they were going to get a great experience. So right. initially it was that, and then it jumped heavily into recruiting right after we got a lot of that figured out. Um, and basically we've had um, two and we'll have three like mini one day camps over the, um, over the summer here to kind of, you know, we're looking to, you know, we're going to bring back approximately about 20 of our players from the spring. Mm -hmm. And we're looking to add about 10 to 15 um, new recruits, like brand new XOs, basically. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we'll have maybe four or five MLR guys sprinkled in to kind of make a big roster yeah. um, that can travel to South Africa this fall. So that's mostly what we've been doing. Like the recruiting has definitely been heavy for me, for sure. Yeah. I know you just talked about in the spring, you know, really trying to play against some of the MLR Academy teams. And I feel like it's a common misconception. And I think it's something that people aren't really aware of is, not everybody in the MLR like hates you, right? Like there's there's teams that are genuinely interested in this program and see the value in it. And I think that's kind of apparent in the fact that they've had six guys, you know, go to the MLR, 
one back to the NFL. So they're, they've, and I've talked about, you know, Bandy in, in particular that I, from my perspective, I would be surprised if, and maybe you feel differently, but I didn't think, I always thought that there was a possibility that somebody would make it back to the NFL. I certainly did not think like after one yeah. season, that was yeah. going to be the case. So, you know, just, is that surprising to you that, that, these guys have drawn this interest that you've had six guys go to the MLR that Bandy did make it back to the NFL. You know, how many guys were drawing interest? Like just, can you kind of talk about that? Yeah. This whole dynamic with the MLR and yeah. you know, how this has worked out. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it was such a cool season because we really do believe like, you know, if we do the best by the players then the team will do really well. And like, you know, yeah. it'll just benefit like in the long run. And, um, you know, we actually had three other players that had major interest as well. Like Lene Latu, was basically going to be signed to LA, was driving down to be signed and was hit in a car accident by like, you know, it was somebody else's fault and he literally wasn't able to go down and yeah. report, right? So And he's okay, he, right? We got He's it. okay. Yeah. He, yeah. He did end up having to get surgery on his foot and yeah. like, you know, he'll be back, but like, you know, he would have been on LA's, you know, team. Um, you know, um, you know, Tony Tupo with Seattle, um, same with Smith, I think had some good talks with Houston and it was just you know, some of these guys have summer plans where they just want to maybe take a little bit of a summer off yeah. too, right? It's not. I could totally see that. Yeah, I plan, that'd be they a just lot played of a twenty week season, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and then with Bandy, like, what's cool is like, um, John Shoup is a, a ex coach in the in football NFL, and he's helped with some recruiting, and um, you know, he knows and he knows coaches, right? He knows college coaches. He worked at Purdue. Um, he helped us find Bandy and Jalen, which obviously have been. Yeah, two of our top well. recruits. His son is at um, Austin Gronies, like, you know, basically was in the World Rugby Academy. And, um, you know, when you get another coach recommending a player, it's basically like a really good sign because like they yeah. dealt with them. They know they're a hard worker. They know they're like just a stand-up individual. So like, I think that's why part of the thing with Bandy is like, he was on the verge of like, you know, on the outside looking in with the NFL anyways. I think COVID slowed that opportunity because they just weren't doing as big of camps and rosters and all these things. So yeah, really cool for him to have had that happen. And like, it's definitely garnered more interest for us of guys realizing like, you know, we, we mean what we say, like, we know to get the top players here, like we will give them full opt out back to football at any time yeah. because like, we're not forcing them to give up their dream of the NFL. Like for they've sure. had that for 20 years. Like, so we're just trying to give them an alternate dream as well. You know, of, you know, the world cup and maybe the Olympics or something like that. And um, ultimately it's just a great environment to like be on a team, yeah. train full time and not have to work some little side job to basically, you know, build pay for all those things to wait for the NFL to come calling. Sure. Right. So that's what I was going to say, even in the short term, just a way to stay in shape. And that's kind of how it sounds like it worked out for Mandy as he came, you know, got in the best shape of his life and, you know, worked on his yeah. tackling for six months so that if he, yeah, he's going to have to make it on special teams. Right. So it's yeah. a good thing he's been practicing. No, honestly, tackling, this could so. be the most, it could be the most perfect thing for him. Cause like, you know, he walked into the spring league after, you know, 15 weeks with us. And he, you know, I think he attributes some of this he definitely to being up. with the XOs because yeah. he was in the best shape of his life, like running routes in the NFL, in, in the spring league where he had five seconds rest after every play. Like, you know, he felt in the best shape he's ever been. He was able to work harder. He was able to do more. And exactly what you're saying now, like how he's actually going to make the chargers is like all this extra work, like right. in special teams and stuff. And now he's been tackling, he's been doing all these things. So it'd be really cool. Like if he makes that roster, like I think, a big part of that could literally be attributed to like being a part of the XOs, which is cool. I had Bandy on after he left to go to the spring league and he played that first game. I had him on the podcast and I asked him if it was, you know, a little bit too early to tell how rugby and, 
he said that it was a little bit too early, but one thing that he noticed is he was like, the first pass that I caught, I realized how small the football was. Hmm. He's like, I feel like I could just catch the ball cool. a lot better because the rugby ball is so much bigger. Yeah, that's cool. Something I never thought about before. It probably yeah, benefits some yeah, of these receivers. Too. That's another one I can talk to guys about for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, looking back at the season, was there any like big surprises? Was there anything you were like pleasantly surprised by as you went through this 20-week season? I mean, I was really... I think we were all as a staff in a group like really surprised by how MLR teams and even USA rugby like took to what we were doing. You know, we've definitely had periods of time here when like, you know, we've had to do things that were, you know, hard decisions here for the city and for the direction of this team. And like, you know, um, I think a lot of people are really behind like what we're doing right now. And I was just, I thought it would take a little longer for people to kind of get behind it. And it was funny. Like it was like first game at LA, like LA was like really, just totally behind what we were doing, right? First time we went to Atlanta, you know, New Orleans, um, Houston, and then USA Rugby just being here. And, like, I think how much, you know, Gary Gold and Hugh Bevan, like, got behind what we were doing and even, like, the upper management at USA Rugby. Like, it just is – I think it's a fun time to be in Glendale. I think it's a fun time to – you know, all the things the city's doing here with, you know, the partnership with USA Rugby with the, you know, National Training Center and, like, just what the fall is going to look like here. Um, so I, I think for me it was just how quickly a lot of – a lot of people in rugby and high level positions just took to the idea of like, wow, this is, you know, yeah. they were excited to see somebody trying it. And like, you know, and the fact that it was like pretty quickly working, you know, yeah. when you see Jalen in his first game, you're like, wow, like, yeah, this Jalen, work. Jalen's yeah. played significant minutes even the, for LA this year. So it's, yeah, it truly was a microwave effect. And I agree with you. I was surprised. You're, it did take a little bit. I thought it would take a lot longer because there was, when this was, whole thing was announced, there was people that were, saying, you know, they'll never, they won't win a game this year. Like, that just won't work, and that obviously wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, and to, one of the things, I guess, that surprised me, though, is, like, I just was, I was surprised how quickly they liked it, like, how quickly mm. they, like, adapted the, mm. you know, rugby mindset, and they wanted to get better at yeah. it. And th that was surprising to me. I thought, you know, bring a lot of football guys in, they might be like, okay, I'll just do this until well, yeah, and that's the cool one happens. But that's the cool one. You know, I'm not as surprised by that because I think we both yeah. love rugby and we love we rugby do. culture. And, like, you know, I, I've played football nowhere near the high level these guys play. Yeah. But as soon as I yeah. made the switch from football to rugby in high school, it was like I never wanted to look back. Yeah. Like, you know, I just – it's just – and that's what's fun for me because I'm basically helping sell our program to a lot of players on the phone mm -hmm. all the time, right? And it's pretty easy thing to sell. And, like, this idea that you can opt back out to football at any time – secretly I know that like I think most of them aren't going to want to like if right. they get the opportunity that Bandy's getting yeah, right now you you're going to take it and go right but I still think that most of them like we have not had a single guy come in and go I don't like this and I want to leave right it's most yeah. like it's more our end saying like this isn't quite working for you yeah you know not everybody from football transfers to rugby and it's really hard I think and it takes guys that are special off the field and stuff but yeah so that's just the cool part of the sales part of it is that you know, even these mini camps, like I, we literally have not had a single person come here and go, I don't like this. Right. Like, it just has not happened. And as soon as they play in a game, it's like, yeah, you know, you, that's yeah. all you need. And to now do. we've got guys on our team that are playing in, you know, Steamboat in the summer. They're, right. They're, you know, even some of the guys that, you know, we've had to let go, like they're still playing rugby other places. Like, yeah. So it's really neat for us because, like, we're getting just to bring new people into rugby. You know, we don't have the crystal ball of like, 
who's going to make it on the U.S. national team or who's going to make it in the MLR. Like, you know, just because somebody might not have worked out here with us, like, there's a chance they could make it definitely somewhere else. And, like, just crazy to me that, like, they pretty much all are loving rugby, like, yeah. immediately. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I just – I thought it would happen eventually, and I didn't – I guess maybe I didn't think it would be everybody. But, like yeah. you just said, that's been the case. And, and it really hasn't taken that long. It's been – Yeah. Well, and it's changed how we've recruited because, like, we used to do this Aspen week-long camp, you yeah. know, years ago. And because we thought we had to really fully inundate them into rugby culture and they needed to like play a game or a couple games at the end of the week and then they'd be hooked. We have completely changed that model like to where it's like they literally just need to be here in the facility for like four hours, do a practice with the coaches, just feel the difference. There's just a lot of differences from football mm-hmm. to rugby and like, you know, it's a different, we do a little workout with our SNC coach and it's just different style of working out. It's different. You know, it's just all different, and they just love. I think the openness, the freedom of the culture. I mean, that yeah. has to be nice after, because I've talked to you know obviously a lot of the guys on on the team that have come from these football backgrounds, and you're right, it is so different. It has to be so. Ref- That's what I remember when I made the switch from football to rugby. Is like, I don't have to get screamed at for yeah three hours. Like yeah. I don't have to do this. Like I can yeah. go and like this is like more instructional and it's more fun and it's just like a different vibe yeah. all around. And there are the, and there's those really good football coaches out there that are, are better at that, yeah, you know, yeah. of, of that idea, that culture and stuff. And, but the biggest difference that a lot of these guys see and that we tell them about is that like on the rugby field, the coaches are not going to be like yeah, on the field up calling every play, right? There's no break in between. Like there may be 15 minutes to go by where we can't get a, a really message. firm message yeah. to you. <laughs> so like you have a lot of freedom out there on the field to make things happen. Right. So it is really a player led culture. Like it's not, you know, it's not as much militant type stuff, even though off the field and like training wise and like discipline wise, like, you know, it's, we, it's we try every, to bring a little bit of that in and that's a little bit maybe of our American style of trying to do rugby a little bit. Yeah, There's going to yeah. be some football in there with things, but um, you know, it's good. It's a good, I was totally psyched that, you know, just literally two hours here on the facility, you know, coming yeah. to a mini camp, like guys are basically like, there's no no's like it's for yeah. sure. It's not a no because they don't like rugby. It's a no typically because there's something external going on in their life with family or right. know, work just, or whatever, you know, life gets in the way yeah. before we get into some of the, those guys that you're excited about. Cause I have been watching some of the, some of those camps. Um, I wanted to ask you this question about going back to the MLR. So sorry to jump around a little bit, but I want to make sure I get this in. So I know I've got plenty of questions. I'm sure you've got plenty of questions just from casual fans and observers and people from the outside looking in. Like, is this an MLR feeder team? And I think we've kind of given the same answer, but I'll let you answer the question. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, ultimately... We have a lot of goals here. We, like, you know, we have a goals to bring new players into the game. But, like, you know, the big goal for, like, the city is, like, to help the U.S. national team, like, do better in the World Cup, right? So that's our number one goal. And, you know, so that's how we base our recruiting off of. That's how we base our play off of and, like, you know, ultimately who we keep around here and, like, who we have to let go is, like, do we see that extreme upside for you of, like, you know, maybe working your butt off for two years or whatever it takes, three years, and getting on a U.S. national team? Like, that's... That's mm-hmm. the goal, right? You know, we want to win games here. We want to we want to have games here at home so that fans here can like watch games and things like that. But um, you know, and then obviously the MLR is a a massive, huge, massive part of what's going on in rugby right. in the US right now. And like there's just so much competition there. There's great people working in the MLR, there's just great learning, there's great so what well, it just timing worked out really well this summer for us. Like, you know, basically I think moving forward, we'll basically kind of have a four month on, two month off, four month on, two month off mm-hmm. type thing. So it'll be February to May, 
you know, June and July off, you know, mm-hmm. and then August to November and then kind of December, January off. Right. And then, yeah, and start over. When, when that works out where there's this little gap of June and July and the MLR happens to be playing, then our thought as coaches in a group was like, you know, if we're really serious about David still like making it onto the U S national team, you know, he's 23, just picked up rugby. He's 15 weeks in, um, you know, he's a hard worker. Like then we need to just try our best to inundate him as much possible rugby as possible. Right. Like if the MLR wasn't going on this summer, we may have like sent, helped send him to South Africa to an Academy for two, right. two months or, you know, same with Jalen and guys like that, where we see this massive upside, you know, if they're not burnt out yet from that 15 week season, we asked him that, you know, it's like, are you interested in doing this? Like, you know, we believe it would be good for you. You're not going to maybe get a massive ton of minutes, so it's not going to grind you too much, but like, you're going to be in this amazing culture. You're going to be like learning from all these other players that are from all around the world. Like, you know, so that was the main idea with this, this summer, all seven of them are coming back to us this fall, which is great. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're going to try our best to keep them next spring. Right. It's a fluid, constant moving target. Like, you know, our idea is like, we also, when I'm recruiting, you know, when we're working on recruiting these guys, we tell them they can actually make money in rugby, right? Yeah. So if we just keep them to ourselves and like, you know, our idea is like, let's open them up a little bit to the open market and let's see what other people think their value is. And if we can't help pay them enough here to help them stay here, then like, that's awesome. Cause then now they're getting paid in rugby, mm-hmm. you know, but like, we're going to try to keep our, we're going to do our best to try to keep our core key guys here, um, to build a great team here and play international teams and just like, you know, we want to play MLR preseason team, you know, games and things like that. And we want to prove that a group of American guys here in the U S can like beat an MLR team in a preseason game. Right. And so, um, it's definitely a constant moving target. It's hard to sit there and say what your three year plans are and all these things. Like, you know, we kind of know we have a good idea what we're doing this fall and even next spring we're, we're, we're developing what it's going to be, but like, it's still that core idea of like U S national team. And obviously guys making MLR, like it helps us a little bit too recruiting wise. Like it's, you know, it's, it's good for, you know, this group here, but you know, I wouldn't say we're just necessarily an MLR feeder team. Yeah. I think that's I think that's a brilliant answer because what what I've been saying to people is like that's not what this is designed to do and I think you just said that it's designed to get them into rugby and then just kind of see what happens but right now MLR is a natural progression right like if yeah. they come here and excel and they get enough looks and love and interest from an MLR team it makes perfect sense to me yeah. to go play MLR go play yeah. like one step up Go get in, like you've said before, in another full-time training environment. Learn rugby from some different people. There's get paid in your off-season. I mean, yeah, it was a make great... some more money. Yeah. Um, learn from some, like you said, plenty of great people, a lot of experienced people in MLR from all over the world. So go learn that. And then, yeah, you the, know, just kind of see what happens. These like, this six is guys it. that got into the MLR this year, they're going to get paid like 11 months this year to play rugby. It's like, yeah. and they're, they just started, right? right? Like, it's crazy. And like, you know, we have to keep competing here at the city, which we've always done a really good job of that. But, like, we really do want to almost kind of try to become, like, you know, a Notre Dame, you know, an independent mm-hmm. that, like, draws really, you know, we need to get televised here. And we need to get, you know, we need to get great matches here. Like, you know, we'll have to continually keep growing that who we play and what we're doing. Or we will we will potentially lose some of these guys anyways, right? Even yeah. if they hadn't gone to the MLR this summer, like, there'll be so much interest for them that, like, we have to keep getting better here. So I think this fall we're getting better. Like the, the things we're going to do this fall are going to be great. And then we just have to keep building it each, each season to just keep this two to three year plan of like mm. building this really amazing group of guys. Yeah. I know you've referenced it a couple of times already, but what can we expect from the XO program this fall? 
Yeah, so it's going to be like, you know, obviously like Rugby Town USA, like I think it's going to really feel like that here this yeah. fall. Like, you know, we'll we'll be starting in August and we'll be ending like right before um, Thanksgiving. I think we'll get to have a lot more home matches and like hopefully a schedule will be get, coming yeah. out here soon. Um, we had to do so much travel in the spring just because COVID. Yeah. And a lot of teams are like, you know, kind of reciprocating the that to us, which is nice. And, and yeah, yeah, but I think a lot more people are going to come here um, this fall. And like, so ultimately, like we'll be starting August 2nd. We'll be building a sevens team towards Ruby Town Sevens, which is huge. I'm excited. You know, I'm really excited to see that. I yeah. think that's going to be awesome. You know, and like David Still and Sean Clark did so well in that U.S. Combine, their numbers kind of really impressed. You know, I think some of the, even the sevens people. Mm -hmm. So you know, um, those two will probably be playing for like the U.S. team in the Ruby Town Sevens, with like a real chance at getting looked at in the like residency program and all that stuff. Yeah. And like this crazy goal of like maybe 2024 Olympics that's for nuts. those guys, which is crazy, right? And like a Six nine guy playing sevens could be really <laughs> cool, right? And that's yeah. kind of the fun crossover, you know, X factor type thing that we're looking for, right? Um, so that'll be a fun start for us. Like that'll be a chance to get some of these new players in that we're excited about. Um, mix a group of guys of crossovers into Rugby Town Sevens, which is like crazy high level. A lot of eyes will be on it, you know. And then from there, I would say September will be home matches here. Um, we'll play the USA Academy team here. Um, you know, we'll we'll hopefully like you know I think the U.S. national team will be in here. You know, building for their Canada games that are going to be here in Glendale. Mm. So we may get to interact a little bit with them with COVID policies, like yeah, yeah. you know, um, practicing with them. You know, our players going to interact with like live lineouts, live scrums, like you know, amazing stuff. Like they're getting to like basically be with the best players in the yeah. U.S. and those coaches are watching them, right? Um, so that interaction is going to be amazing. Um, and then from there we're building, you know, we'll play like Seattle here. We'll play some other teams here in Denver, um, you know, curtain openers for the, you know, the U S national team games, which is like really fun for everybody. Yeah. And then like, we'll leave in October for South Africa for three weeks, all depending on COVID and whatever yeah, is going yeah, on over yeah. there as well. We may have to have some backup plans, but right now the plan is South Africa for October and then come back two matches in November, you know, try to get some high level matches like to finish it out here. And it should be a really fun a lot of maybe six or so home games, which will be great for people here that, you know, have really been supporting this, you know, the city and this yeah. team for a long time that are excited, I think, to see. It should be a lot of rugby in Glendale, which will be great. Look, Because, yeah, like you said, we kind of missed out on some of the spring with all the, the weird, wacky rules of flying around everywhere else. Exactly. So looking forward to getting back into it. Yeah. You know, you talked about a couple of guys. Uh, like I said, I've been at some camps. These guys just keep getting bigger. Like every time I go out there, there's a bigger human being running around way faster than he should be able to. So who are some guys that you're excited about, you know, coming into this fall? Yeah, it's, it's, I, gosh, we're, I think we're, I think we're excited about a bunch. Like, you know, right at the end of the season, we, we kind of recruit year round, right? Yeah, I know. There's and we were having some, some injury stuff. I think a lot of people are having injury stuff with COVID, even the MLR and other sports around. Like, so even at the end of the season, we, we picked up a few recruits like, um, Gerard Khan is a guy that like is a kind of a wing type guy or maybe another, you know, outside back yeah. type guy. And basically he played up in steam with this last weekend. And I know it's kind of a social tournament, but I was just like shocked at like how quickly, and even his one day tryout here was like really cool to see how quickly he picked it up. Yeah. Tommy Madras is like another, you know, he's like a 300 pound prop. That, yeah. Like, oh, I saw him walking around. That's it's huge. Yeah. And he's really, he's just got great personality, great energy. His com we've, we we met both of them at a combine in Indianapolis. And like, you know, ultimately their, their numbers are 
really, really good, you know, height to weight, size, speed, ratios, strength. Um, you know, Dakota Dixon, we just picked up in one of these one day mini camps, you know, and he was with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Like, you know, he's with Wisconsin, like, yeah. you know, great human. Like he's, he's come in three or four weeks early here for our fall season to get ready in like the sevens and stuff. So like for him, you know, that, that rugby town sevens could be like a fun and like drug yeah. con could be like a really fun coming out party. <laughs> um, you know, so we're excited about them. And then just yesterday we had a bunch of tight five type guys in, um, you know, and there was two of them for sure that like, you know, over 300 pounds, like just really fit for that size and like move really well. Yeah. Um, you know, university of Washington, SMU. So like the schools are starting to get better. Um, you know, it's just, we're, we're getting better at like recruiting. We've got another six, seven guy, you know, Justin Barlow coming in from yeah, football. I have a, I have a, I'll show you this picture. I took of him talking to Mark Bullock. Yeah. If you want to keep going. He's no, no, definitely. <laughs> he's a, a big fella. So, and there's, there's a lot of them. Like we kind of had a really good, um, you know, backs camp where we signed backs and then we kind of had a type five camp where we signed some of those guys. But, um, Nolan's a kid that's coming in that, you know, we, we feel could do a lot of the things Bandy did at nine. I'll, I'll put um, this in the article for the podcast oh, yeah. people like that just as a good. Yeah, exactly. And you can see Luke in the background. Yeah. Like this kid is, you know, basically <laughs> big, much, you know, he's bigger. Yeah, for I, sure. I showed and, some people that after that day, I was like, look at how big this guy well, is. And Justin's just really cool. He, once again, you know, even before he was signed, he helped bring two or three other players here. He brought oh, wow. Dakota Dixon here. They're just training together. He told him about the opportunity. He had done his own research online, looked at the Exos link tree, walked the doc doc documentary. And that's another thing in recruiting now we're starting to see is like mm -hmm. when guys do that extra bit of work and they're studying and they're doing that stuff beforehand and it tends to work pretty well. So yeah. he's been, you know, we're super excited for them. So, um, you know, we've got another four or so guys coming in next Tuesday that'll be, you know, more hooker position type guys, um, you know, and then we're obviously still always looking for, you know, six, six and above type <laughs> guys. So um, hopefully find like maybe one more guy like that. And like, we'll, we'll have a really fun setup, you know, and then what's neat is, is we're going to get to mix in, I think a few MLR players, which will be, um, you know, American guys that maybe aren't getting a ton of minutes. Some of them maybe getting good mm -hmm. amounts of minutes, um, but they like the idea of, you know, continue to train in their off season, continue to get paid almost like the reverse of what, yeah, because you know, our, you know, people are going to go, well, what is, you know, why are MLR players going to the XOs? It's like, well, we're not like a feeder or anything for that yeah. either. It's just that guys want to get paid and they want to, yeah. they, they want to stay in shape and like they're hard workers. They want to, like, if they have real ideas, they're right on the outside of getting into the U S national team. They're like, wait, I get to be around Gary and the U S national team here in Glendale for a month. Like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, and I get to travel to South Africa, like, so, um, it should be a really fun fall with these guys for sure. Yeah. I think that's all the questions I had for you. That all sounds exciting. And, you know, it's cool to see just how much it's changed even in a year. Yeah. You know, so well, it'll so continue to change. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, yeah. It'll, yeah. That's the nature of the beast, but yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, it's been fun so far. I'm sure it'll be, continue to be fun moving forward. So thanks so much for your time, Peter. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed that conversation with Colorado Exo Director of Recruiting, Peter Pask. It's been a while since I had him on, as I said at the top of that interview. I haven't talked to him since, you know, on the podcast, at least since October 30th of 2020. And a lot of stuff's changed since then. Obviously, this whole thing has been put into motion and it's happened. And so it's good to just kind of see how things have changed and, you know, like I said, what, what to expect and all that good stuff. So really enjoyed that conversation. Big thank you to Peter for taking some time to do that. I know we've been trying to get that set up for a couple of weeks now, so I'm glad we finally got to hammer it out. Moving into the required reading portion of the show, 
Uh, I found this article World Rugby put out today. It's called Most Technically Advanced Sevens Rugby Ball Ever Unveiled for Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020. So World Rugby put out this release on some of the changes that have been made to the ball ahead of the Olympics. And I, I clipped a little quote for you. Uh, it says, quote, the Quantum Sevens Ball, great name, by the way, is the most technically advanced sevens rugby ball ever produced and has been tailor-made with features specifically designed for rugby sevens. It has been developed to adapt to the unique style of the sevens game with the multi-matrix grip offering higher, more defined pimples, increasing the ball's surface area, enhancing the impressive offload skills shown by sevens players and much beloved by fans around the globe. End quote. So that's a little clip from this piece. You should go check it out because it sounds like they're playing rugby with a spaceship. But I'm always interested in this like little quirky stuff, just some, you know, a little di bit different perspective on sports, what people are doing to make the game more interesting. And I'll be interested to see if it makes a difference. Got to try to get a sevens person on and ask them, you know, well, did this matter? Did you could you tell? Is it going to mess you up because you've been playing with this other ball forever? And now they're introducing this new spaceship alien ball right before the Olympics. Is that going to mess them up? Who knows? That'll be questions we have to get to the bottom of. And as always, I will link the article in the article that houses this podcast. And in wherever you listen to your podcast, just go to the description, scroll up, click the link, read about the spaceship ball, um, check, and let me know what you think. Moving into the loop is how we close out the show. You know, I've got another uh, snake draft coming up on Wednesday. Shout out to me for winning the Rock Rockies Rugby 7 snake draft. I was worried about that one, but it went pretty well for me. Uh, we're getting to the tail end of those drafts. We only have three more. Recorded the one yesterday. So those have been really fun to do. I hope everyone's really enjoyed listening to them because, uh, you know, it's been fun to work on with Justin every week, and all the guests have said they've had a good time. So it's been fun, kind of cha nice change of pace, hopefully getting people in the in the spirit to watch some sevens in the Olympics. And we'll, we'll come up with some more fun stuff to do, you know, throughout the rest of the year as we, you know, move into fall and and we'll just keep thinking, keep being creative as we can. Uh, the best way to keep up with all the stuff we've got coming out is follow along on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. That's how you can keep up with all the content. Read it all on the DNVR.com. Rugby stuff's all free. It's a subscription-based website, unless you're there for the rugby. So go and check it out, see if you like it, and then, you know, make a decision, subscribe to the site, and check out all the other good coverage on all the other teams. Last thing I wanted to say before I signed off, uh, the Rockies Rugby Sevens draft was my 100th episode. feels weird to say that. feels like, you know, so much has changed in the year and a half that I've been doing this show. But uh, going back and listening to the first ones I did to now, it just feels like it's gotten a lot better. Having a lot of fun doing it. Wouldn't be able to do it without the people that listen, interact online, and read, and all that good stuff. So thank you for listening. Thank you for the support for these, you know, year and a half. And looking forward to many, many more. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Like I said, always open to... You know, feedback, comments, criticism, let me know. i got broad shoulders. I won't take it personally. I want to put out the best show that I can. So thanks for everyone for listening. Thanks for helping us get to 100. Uh, now we're, we're starting to climb to 200 with 101 right here. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you had a great week. Enjoy all the matches this weekend. We'll catch you all back here next Wednesday for a very special snake draft. Yeah.